Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everybody. My name is Jonathan, or just Joe. I have a family, very rich, but I never looked up to their money because I wasn't bad myself. Smart, handsome, you know. And one day, they found me a girl there to charm me and lead me astray. It was not easy to get rid of her, so I just lost my memory, allegedly. Look how it was. I've always been especially close to my aunt Elisa. She had raised me since I was a child. She had a son, but he lived far away in Germany. He was studying there, and they rarely saw each other so she gave all her attention and love to me. From childhood, it was the coolest toys, then devices, then clothes, and accessories. She gave me a personalized watch. I adored it. My auntie worked for my father's company, which I headed as of late. My father had retired for health reasons. It came out of an emergency because I became the first youngest director of an entire organization right out of college. Aunt Elisa promised me a bright future, and I willingly believed it. Though I was lazy to work, I loved money and they loved me. Then my aunt suggested that I needed a serious relationship, allegedly because of my age. Many directors of competitive companies did not want to take me seriously, and the status of a married man will add some credibility. I didn't understand the connection and refused to get into a serious relationship in any way. Why would I need one girl when I could have many, right? Once under my aunt's pressure, I did get to know Kylie. I was surprised, to say the least. She was from a simple family, in a shabby dress and shoes. Clearly not my type of girl. I don't know how my aunt found her. She was not my level of taste. I shaved her right off, but she turned out to be a nut or clingy. In short, it was not easy to get rid of her. She was like an annoying bug. She followed me everywhere, running around. I couldn't stand it any longer and I told her, how much will you promise to pay? I'll give you twice as much, just back off. Nothing. Okay, three times that. No, do you think I need the money? Why, don't you? No, I like you and I'm not backing down. What kind of kindergarten? Fuck off, do you hear me, you scarecrow? Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror? You have no taste. Your hair is always in a horrible ponytail and you're always... What's with the wide clothes? Do you have a lot of fat in there to hide it under big t-shirts and floor-length dresses? Kylie was embarrassed. I wanted to offend her and acted as I did with basically a lot of people I didn't like. But she still walked on her feet, in the street, in the office, 
Even security took her out, but she still went in. My aunt gave her a pass. What do I have to do to get you to back off? Just be with me. I know you'll like me. No, I'd rather cut my head off so I don't have to see you. Why are you so cruel? If you cut your head off, you'd lose your memory, so you'd forget me. That's sad. Whoa, idea, exactly. I just had to make her think I'd forgotten her, that's all. But just how? Just as I was thinking about it, I got hit by a motorcyclist while crossing the road. Kylie was next to me, and she was yelling so much that my head almost exploded. But I wasn't hurt too bad. I woke up in the hospital and realised that I'd broken a leg. The pain was terrible. At first, I wanted to curse and order myself to find the bastard. But I was immediately struck with a new idea when Kylie ran up to me in tears. Jonathan, honey, are you okay? Who are you? Don't you recognise me? I'm Kylie. Are you a doctor? No, I'm your... We talked to you, don't you remember me at all? No. That's when the doctor came in and Kylie ran out of hurt feelings. I paid the doctor to play along a little. A little more and she would get off, the pesky wench. Later, my relatives came to see me, in front of whom I also had to play a concert without a memorable one. Only my aunt wasn't there. I was surprised she wasn't there because I was waiting for her more than anyone else. Fortunately, a couple of weeks later, I was discharged. The first thing I did when I got to work, asked the assistant. I think I have an aunt, Elise. I was told she works for me. I should talk to her. But he shrugged and said she was gone the whole time. Strange. She would have to come running to me first. We got another package yesterday in a black box. What kind of package? I'm sorry, I forgot you lost your memory. We have been getting packages from strangers in a black box every day for a month now. This time it's a dead fish. Each time the contents are different, but the meaning is the same. Something dead. Okay, get rid of it. I went to look for my aunt. I wanted to see her, and as I left the building, I noticed her standing around the corner talking to a dubious man on a bike. What? No way. I recognised him from the red helmet with the black star pattern on the bike. It was him. It was him who hit me. Why was my aunt standing with him? I got closer, and I saw her take that box, and I walked past, and my auntie didn't stop me. I could see through my glasses that the biker was in shock, but she showed him with her hand that it was okay. Kylie was waiting for me in the office. Oh shit, not her. Who are you, woman? What do you want with me? Not a woman, a girl. I brought you something to eat. Damn, that bitch knew what I liked, but I couldn't show it, so I barely turned down the stew with vegetables, even though my stomach was rumbling. I chased her out of the office, and Kylie cleaned my office floors and windows and desks and made me a coffee, which smelled good all over the office, and I ignored her. Finally, the workday was over. I texted someone and walked out, and Kylie followed me. I turned around and said, Go away, I don't know you, and got in the car with a model I knew. She kissed me and got in my car. Yes, I paid her to play along. I just needed to get rid of Kylie. I got home and saw that we had company. As I walked up to Dad's office, I heard them talking to my aunt. They were discussing me and my aunt's son, Liam. My aunt subtly hinted that Liam was back from school and ready to start work. She also hinted that with my condition, running a company was dangerous. My father agreed with her. I felt uncomfortable. I ran out onto the street and realised all of this time my aunt was only stalling for time so that her son had time to study. Apparently, she'd ordered my accident. She didn't expect me to survive. She had sent me these nasty packages, intimidating me, and she had sent me Kylie. But why is this girl still running after me? If I'm already useless, I had to check something out. I went to a coffee shop, had some alcohol, and asked my assistant to call Kylie. She came running to me an hour later in her pyjamas. Poor thing. Already asleep, apparently. She paid the bill. I pretended not to be able to stand. 
She dragged me all the way and yelled loudly that I shouldn't drink because I should take care of myself. Finally, she got tired and we sat down on a bench. I bowed my head and lay my head on her feet and she stroked my hair and said, Jonathan, you can't drink like that. You can't drink alone either. It's not easy for you. I had a different opinion of you. I wanted to make money from your aunt just playing the part and then I fell in love. What am I supposed to do? I was supposed to bore you and distract you and now what? I don't know what's in your aunt's head but I think there's something wrong, she said. I knew I could trust her. I got up and decided to have a serious talk with her. I knew that Kylie worked for the competition. She's a PR manager and has access to a lot of things, which was exactly what I needed. And Kylie almost fainted there, but then she came to her senses. The next morning when I got to the office, there was a commotion. People were walking around the building and making noise, and they were taking away our documents, things and everything they saw. They were supposedly checking, but I knew who was doing it. My father came right away and yelled at me so much that I was drooling. My father said it was my fault that I had signed the wrong documents and that I had illegally sold some big projects to competitors. You let me down, son. I had hoped that despite the failure in your memory, you could still run the company. But no, I was wrong about you, he said. Then my aunt came in smiling and hugging me, saying she was sympathetic. After her, Liam came in, the bastard. My aunt told me that tomorrow I had to make room for a new supervisor. It's only temporary. Just while you're being vetted and rehabilitated, she said. I was angry, but I didn't have to show it. I decided to wait for Kylie for now. Silently, I left the office and got what I needed in the evening. Next came a meeting with the company's executives. My father and Aunt Eliza and Liam was there. They unanimously decided to send me out of the office to be fired. Your last wish, Jonathan. Thank you all for being here today. I apologize for what I'm about to ask you to do. However, it is a necessity for the good of the company. Everyone was surprised and tensed up. I turned on the projector and showed a video of my aunt interacting with the man who ran me over. All the footage from the cameras in our building had been deleted, but there was still footage from the building across the street, which Kylie got me. Also, Kylie showed me all the contents of our office, projects and documents. As you can see, it wasn't the prosecutor's office that was doing the audit, as we were told. It was employees of another company, disguised as prosecutors and tax collectors. This is a lawsuit! Who dared? My aunt huddled in her chair. Auntie, do you have anything to say? Why are you silent? You did this, didn't you? Here's more footage of you going in and out of that building. You have a pass, right? And yes, that man on the motorcycle is Liam. They're taking his bike out of my aunt's garage right now. That's where Kylie is keeping an eye on things. And the police are here for you too. I smiled, the commotion rising even more. What was the bottom line? wanted to shave the girl, but stayed with her, but leaked the main enemy of the family, the closest person to me. Sometimes I would look up the tall skyscrapers as I walked down the city streets begging for money. I used to live in one of those. I used to have a view of the ocean, a concierge, a doorman. I tipped my valet well, and he was a friend of the family. But that all feels like a lifetime ago. Now I'm alone penniless, washing car windows and begging strangers for change for a living. It all started when I met Chelsea at a charity gala. She was the prettiest girl in the room, and I was the richest one. Hi, I'm Drake. I just thought I'd introduce myself, seeing as we'll be married soon. 
Chelsea laughed at my cheesy line, but it worked. A year later, we got married at a cathedral in Spain. We flew our friends and family over. We had a ceremony filled with luxury. A whole orchestra, ten pairs of swans, white flowers bedecked the whole place. And yet, as soon as the wedding was over, all Chelsea did was complain. I mean, sure, Bali is Bali, but isn't it a bit uninspired for a honeymoon? Half the people here are Australians. I wish you'd have taken me to Switzerland or Cape Town. You're Drake Nathans for crying out loud. All of Hollywood is at your feet and you take me to Bali? She said this as she sipped on a $100 drink while lounging on a yacht next to a private tropical island. Chelsea's appetites were insatiable. She bought everything she fancied. Five years after our wedding, there were still clothes, bags, and necklaces that she bought with my money on our honeymoon that she hadn't even worn once. Chelsea quit her job the moment we got home and became a professional leech. All she did was attend celebrity parties and flirt with guys twice her age. She complained that I didn't give her a big enough allowance and didn't buy her expensive gifts. Meanwhile, she used my card to go on shopping sprees and to treat her girlfriends to lavish vacations. When she had our kids, the spending only got worse. She was never home, and I had to take care of the kids myself, even when I was filming. The kids loved it, though. But one day, I came home and Chelsea was gone, and so were the kids. My paintings, my statues, my cars, all gone. My safe was emptied, and the bank account was drained. I heard she ran off with some young model she met at a party, and no matter how much I spent on private investigators, they couldn't find her. I wouldn't have minded being poor if I had my kids, but she took them, and she didn't even care about them. Then, she had someone deliver a message. She would only give my kids back if I sent her money. Lots of it. I sold what I could. I borrowed from the bank, but no matter how much I sent, my kids never appeared. I worked as much as I could, but the financial hole Chelsea left in me was too vast. And soon, I was deep in debt. The banks took my house, they took everything that I had left, and I became a pauper. I had to live on the streets. It was tough at first. My friends tried to help, but Chelsea told everyone I was a bad father and that I did unspeakable stuff to her. Nobody believed me when I denied her lies. I was alone in the world. People who passed me by would recognize me and insult me. They would take photos and make memes about how low I sank. After a while, people moved on, and the world forgot about Drake Nathans. The only way I could really make money was teaching self-defense and martial arts classes. It was at least one skill for my acting career that could make stable money. I was on my way to interview for a job when I saw a commotion break out. A girl wearing copious amounts of jewelry was running down the street, and three crooks were running after her. They cornered her in an alley, and I ran through traffic, dodged and jumped over cars just to get there in time. One of them already had the girl in his grasp. And don't move. If you come any closer, she's a goner. You don't want to get tangled up in this, homeless guy. Run along. Here's a dollar. 
The guy tossed a bunch of coins at my face, but I caught one and threw it back straight at him. While they were all shocked, I swiped the first guy with my feet and he fell to the ground. I elbowed the other one in the gut and he doubled over. And then I ran at the wall and used that to jump behind the third guy. I grabbed his arm and put it behind his back. The girl was free. You're safe now, miss. Suddenly, ten guys in suits came rushing towards us. Two of them grabbed my arms and pushed me to the ground. Princess, are you alright? Princess? Shut up, you lowlife. Did these guys hurt you, princess? Hudson, call the cops. We'll need to investigate who's behind this. I, I'm sorry, but the guy you're holding down, he's not with them. He's the one that saved me. Suddenly, I was being helped up. The guys apologized, and the princess asked if there was anything she could do to thank me. That was when one of the guards recognized me. Holy, that's Drake Nathans. Dude. Drake Nathans? Who's that? The princess drove me to her mansion in the city, and she had someone bring me fresh clothes. She housed me in her guest house and fed me, and when I had rested, she summoned me to her room. She had spent the whole night watching all my movies. She listened to my story, and she pitied me. And so, as a reward for saving her, she made me her personal trainer and martial arts instructor. I taught her judo, and there were times where her face would come so close to mine and she would grab my arm to disarm me, and it made all the maids watching us blush. One time, she lost her balance, and her lips landed on my neck. I had goosebumps all over, and we both jumped back in embarrassment. Hands off her, you! I looked around and saw the princess's fiancé. Aren't you being too comfortable touching the princess like that? Oh, he didn't mean it. I... I fell. Nevertheless, a peasant shouldn't be touching a princess. You should make him wear gloves. You, servant, go fetch me some tea. The princess and I have something to discuss. But the princess's lessons are unimportant compared to the royal wedding. I was dismissed, and that night the princess came to me crying. She had no desire to marry Kirin, especially because when they were young, Kirin told her she was ugly. But now that she was going to be queen, he used his family's influence to get engaged to her. Nobody liked the guy. Even the guards would have hit him already if he wasn't a lord. He treated everyone as if he owned them. And I didn't want the princess to end up with a guy like that. But princess, I can't do anything about it. I'm not a princess. I'm just Kate when I'm with you. You make me happy. You're the one I want to marry. She took my face and kissed me. And for three long, infinite seconds, I felt heaven. It wasn't just in my head. She was in love with me too. See? You can do something about it. If you love me, take me with you. You have to take me out of here. I didn't want to put Kate's life in that position. But when I overheard Kieran confess that it was him who sent those thugs after Kate, everything changed. Kate's safety was at stake, and I did the one thing that I knew would protect her. We ran. And for months, Kieran's thugs hunted us. Kate and I sent coded messages back to the palace to tell everyone we were okay, and our guards gathered evidence for what Kieran did. One night, while we were in one of our hideouts, the stars were so beautiful that Kate and I decided to go for a walk on the beach. The waves were so tall, and the boats were camouflaged, so 
We didn't hear them approach. Suddenly, we were surrounded by Kieran's thugs. I fought them off one by one, but I was running out of steam. Kate began sobbing from hopelessness, and just when I couldn't fight anymore, a bright light shone on us from above. Soldiers rappelled down the beach, and one by one, Kieran's thugs were apprehended. Princess, I'm so glad we got here in time. We were saved. The palace couldn't prove that Kieran had had bad motives, and so they basically used us as bait. But it all worked out in the end, and Kieran was taken to prison. Our story became a spectacle. The whole world wanted to know our stories. Someone even made a movie out of it, starring me. Finally, I was back in Hollywood, and my stardom was restored. At the movie's premiere, I felt someone grab my arm. I was pulled back, and immediately guards surrounded us. I looked back and saw my ex-wife behind the barricades, and she had my kids. They were all grown up. We lost it all. Ran, ran out of money. I've been raising them on my own all this time. Please, please help me. Sir, do you know this woman? I looked her up and down and then I smiled. No, I don't know this woman. The Chelsea I knew would have never worn a dress with holes in them. She would have worn makeup and she would have had jewels everywhere. She might claim to be my wife, but she's not. Those are my kids, though. Let them in. Chelsea begged to be let in with our sons, but I just ignored her. I'm sorry. Take me back. We can be married again. I looked at her one last time. Marry you? When I have a princess as my fiance? Kate showed everyone the sapphire ring I gave her, and as the paparazzi cameras flashed all around us... We kissed. To be honest with you, I don't know why I was at the party. I was happy to be there, but just a little bit confused. I didn't even know the twins. My whole high school life, the only birthday parties I attended were my cousins. I thought they wanted me there to entertain people and do magic tricks. Everyone knew I was obsessed with Houdini. But dang, when Valerie herself took my hand and thanked me for coming, I was over the moon! My name's Clyde, and I've had the biggest crush on Valerie ever since I can remember. She was like... that one girl I dreamed about. And now she was right in front of me, smiling and talking. I still couldn't believe she invited me. Oh, by the way, would you mind coming with me for a sec? I need some help with a surprise for my sisters, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, of course, anything. Was it my lucky day? Great things just kept happening. Never would I have ever thought I'd get alone time with her. And now, we were climbing up the attic of her house. Wow. Must be some surprise if it's hidden all the way up here. That was the last thing I remembered. Because the next time I opened my mouth, everything was dark. I could feel the bag shifting around my head as I moved. And when I tried to get my hands to take it off, I realized I was tied up. Something awful must have happened. I panicked. My first thought was Valerie. Was she safe? Did they get her too? Valerie! Valerie! What did you do to her? Please, I'll do anything you want. Just don't hurt Valerie! Silence. And then I heard giggling. A light went on, and then I felt fingertips poking my face through the bag. At least we know he's alive. <laughs> It would be really, really bad if he wasn't. I'm a bit disappointed, though. 
I thought you'd at least put him in a gift box or a tie ribbon on him. That doesn't matter now. What matters is he's finally ours. Someone snatched the bag that kept me in the dark, and the sudden flood of light blinded me for a second. I blinked a bunch of times, and then the picture came to focus. There was a single light that only lit up where I lay. The rest of the attic was pure darkness. The twins were lying on the floor next to me, staring at me without blinking even once. And if it wasn't creepy enough, they were dressed up like vampires. Halloween was like six months away! What creeped me out the most was when I saw who stood over us, watching us from the shadows. She had a grin on her face. It was Valerie. No. No. No! You? I'm so glad you liked my gift, sisters. Now, remember, you have to be careful with him. You don't want to break him or we'll be in big trouble, okay? Fine. Okay, okay, you don't have to nag all the time, alright? Just because you're the oldest doesn't mean we have to do everything you say. That was the first time I saw Valerie get really, really mad. She just exploded out of nowhere. Mom and Dad are gone, so I run the show, alright? And suddenly, the twins grew quiet, and they apologized to her. Great! Now enjoy your birthday present, and don't forget to lock the doors when you leave. We don't want him to escape, do we? Just like that, they were gone. And I was left there in complete darkness. I couldn't sleep at all that night. But I must have dozed at some point, because I woke up to find Valerie shaking my shoulder. You probably want to go home, don't you? I nodded. Well, can't keep you here forever, even though it would be ideal. But then, it'd get us into trouble. So I have these papers for you to sign. Sign them, and you can go. My... my parents will be looking for me. So don't be such a wuss and sign the papers already. But... but... what... why... Uh, why'd you tie me up? What are these papers? So many questions. Just sign the blasted papers already. I didn't give in. I was trembling so hard. I could hear my knees knocking against each other. But I steeled myself and read through the papers before signing. It turned out it was a contract. I would only be allowed to leave if I agreed to date the twins. Valerie wanted me to be their birthday gift. And that was why she took me. It was only meant to be for three months. Ninety days of dating the twins didn't sound so bad considering the price was freedom. But if I didn't honor the agreement, I would waive my right to be free. The twins would own me. Any sign of deception or cheating will cause the contract to restart, and I will automatically become the twins' property. Three months. Ninety days of dating two very pretty twins. It doesn't sound so bad. Even if they were a bit creepy. And weird. At the very least, I could pretend. I mean, nobody's gonna know. How would they know? It turned out... Dating two girls at a time was extremely hard, especially when you have feelings for their older sister. Add to that the fact that she kidnapped me to enforce this weird situation, and you've got a confusing soup of emotions. For weeks, I felt like a zombie, just doing the twins' bidding. I would wake up, drive to their house, pick them up for school, and after, I'd drive Mina to watch a movie with her, and then I'd have to go and take Tina out for dinner. 
By the time I'd drive them both to their house, I was exhausted. Too exhausted to even come in and have a bite with Valerie whenever she would ask. So, for weeks, I spent all my time and effort on the twins. All the while wishing I could spend time with their sister instead. Because guess what? The Valerie I thought I knew and the real Valerie were very different people. At school, she's always so prim and proper, and you can never say one bad word about her. The real Valerie had a temper. She shouted. She got annoyed. And she was a bit over the top. I mean, seriously? Capturing me just so she could get me to date her sisters? She could have just asked. I would have done it anyway. I would have done anything for her. Because this? The real Valerie? <laughs> Call me weird and all. But this is the version of her I really liked. One morning as I waited for the twins to come down so I could drive them, Valerie asked me for my help with the laundry. I obliged, of course, so I got down to the basement and rolled up my sleeves, ready to be the hero by lifting all the heavy baskets for my crush. There was a random brick on the door. I kicked it away, thinking it was weird. I closed the door behind me, and then I heard a panicked scream. No! Why would you do that? I put a brick there to keep the door open! That door's been broken for a while. It locks itself! Relax, it's just a door. I'm sure someone has a key somewhere. And that was when Valerie told me that the twins were off on a school trip, and that they'd already left before I even got there. How long will they be gone? Three days. I tried my phone. No signal. I tried calling out, but nobody heard. There wasn't even a window down there, so we could never tell what time it was. So we just sat there, drinking from the tap and passing the time by telling stories, until the third day when I just broke down and cried. I told Valerie everything I felt. I thought, if those were going to be my last moments, I might as well tell her how I really felt. I saw tears run down Valerie's cheeks. Me? Why me? I'm the plainest of the sisters, and I'm nothing special. Besides, I... I'm useless. And I have a temper. You know, I... I serve my sisters because I owe them. If it weren't for me, Mom and Dad would still be here. They got into an accident because I begged them to come home and watch my recital. I hugged her, and then I told her I didn't care what anybody else thought. I love you. I held her, and then Valerie pulled me in and kissed me. That was when the door finally opened. We've been looking for you. No, uh, no, I'm sorry. No, it's not what it looks like. Cheaters! Liars! You need to be punished! Mina dragged me out of there as Tina dragged her sister, and they took us to opposite ends of the house. I was tied up in the attic in a contraption I had only seen on TV before, and Valerie was thrown back into the basement. I had lost my freedom. I violated my contract. And now, I got Valerie into trouble too. I'm sorry. It, it was her. She forced me to kiss her. I promise, I'm loyal to you. I'll do anything you want. If you... 
If you want, I could guard her so she doesn't escape. Or I'll bring her food so you don't have to. <laughs> Do you think we're dumb, Clyde? Just for that, I'll tie you up tighter tonight. And she did. It hurt my wrists. But guess what? That contraption they tied me to? It was the exact same one Houdini loved to use in his shows. So as soon as I heard the twins snoring, I slipped out. I tiptoed through the house and rescued my Valerie. And in the dark of the night, we ran out of there. Ran for our lives. I told my parents everything, and they let Valerie stay with us. And then, they told the cops what happened. They let my mom and dad be Valerie's foster parents, and the twins got sent to juvie for what they did. I got to see Valerie every day now that she lived with us. And we fell in love. The story broke the news, and there was a lot of buzz. I mean, you gotta admit, the things that happened to me were too weird not to get attention. I even got to be on TV! And I met my idols. When they heard I was an aspiring magician, they came to visit. Gave me free tickets and all that jazz. I met Zach Bling, David Wayne, Justin Jillian. Even Ten and Peller came to meet me. They offered me a job. Told me they wanted to mentor me. It was the happiest day of my life. Not just because I was getting my dream job with my biggest idols, but mostly because Valerie asked me to marry her. I'm Alvin. Like most days, I got off the school bus and walked two blocks to the kindergarten where my mom works. As usual, I stood waiting for her at the front of the building. On that day though, a man came from nowhere, grabbed my backpack, and ran away with it. Hey! That's my math homework you're stealing! I yelled after him. There's nothing of value to even steal! The man disappeared around the corner. Distraught, I slumped down and continued waiting for my mother. That's the price you pay for living here. Things like this happen all of the time. My mom finally got off work at 5 p.m. Someone stole my math homework while I was waiting for you, I told her. Just like me, she'd gotten used to it. You're lucky. Someone stole all four tires from a client's car today, she said laughing. <laughs> we continued chatting while walking to our fake home. You heard that right. I said fake. You'll figure out what I mean in a moment. You see, this old and rather dilapidated house goes with the rest of the neighborhood. After about 10 minutes, we made it to our fake home. My mom made herself a coffee as we waited for my dad until 6 p.m. After my dad came home from work, we spent another hour waiting impatiently. Then, we hurried around the house, closing the curtains so our neighbors wouldn't see us. From the moment the curtains closed every evening, we'd live as we truly are, like rich people. We went down to the basement of our fake home. My dad turned on the facial recognition system. We turned our faces to the hidden cameras. As soon as the system identified us, the secret door in our basement opened. The secret door revealed a 5.4 mile long tunnel. It's actually a subway line that belongs to my parents and me. We use this unique subway every night to reach our real home. After a short ride, we made it to our mansion. Our property is enclosed by 13 feet high walls. During the day, there are hundreds of people working here, maintaining the grounds. Maids, drivers, cooks, and gardeners. The staff leaves at 6.30 p.m. We arrive after they're gone, and it's only us at the mansion. We walked into the dining hall. We filled our plates with food from the buffet and sat down. The best chefs in the world cook a hundred different dishes every night. 
My dad asked, How was your day, son? Someone stole my backpack as I was waiting for mom. I had my math homework in that backpack. I need to do it all over again, I replied. Dad smiled. Bummer. I'm free tonight if you need help, he said. Dad, I hate hiding the fact that we're rich. Horrible things keep happening to us in that neighborhood, and they always will. Alvin, we talked about this so many times. We have to live this way. We have no choice but to adapt, he replied, frowning. Yes, we had talked about this many times, yet I still didn't understand why we had to hide that we were the wealthiest family in the world. My grandfather had won the biggest jackpot of all time from the lottery. On the way to claim his winnings, he and my grandmother got in a car accident. My grandmother died instantly. My grandfather fell ill in his grief. So, he hired a lawyer to get his affairs in order and found an investment advisor. I'm not going to touch this money. Invest with it as you like. I want my son to benefit from it in the future, he said. The advisor was very good at his job. He built hotels and shopping malls worldwide and bought shares in gold and diamonds and stakes in many successful companies. My grandfather's lottery winnings grew exponentially, reaching billions of dollars. When my grandfather died, my parents inherited all his wealth. For some reason, we have to hide it. We pretend to live in the lowest income neighborhood of our city. We can only enjoy the privileges of being wealthy when we're in the mansion. I've been putting up with this for years because my parents want me to. But I've had it. I want to live my best life 24 hours a day. It's my birthright. I thought about everything that night and came up with an idea. If I made sure my friends at school knew about how rich we were, they would definitely tell their friends and families. Word would spread like wildfire and all kinds of people would know about our fortune. Then my parents would have to concede that it was impossible to hide any longer and we could start living the high life every day. I put my plan into motion the next day without hesitation. To start, I decided to tell two people, Nancy and Justin. I can't really say that I like them. I think they're super obnoxious, but they both were pretty popular in school and loved gossiping. Thanks to them, my family's secret would be out in no time. After lunch, I called both of them to the schoolyard and cut to the chase. I'm going to share my family's biggest secret with you. They were both stunned. I'm not kidding what I'm about to tell you, so you've got to trust me, I said. I had to muster up the courage to keep speaking. Nancy and Justin waited with anticipation. They both stared at me intensely. My family is the richest family in the world, and I'm the richest kid in the world, I said. My friends just stared at each other. Then they both burst out laughing. If I'm honest, that's the reaction I was expecting. You don't believe me, and you have every reason not to. I'm going to ask you to come with me. What I'm about to show you is sure to convince you, I said. You better find other people to mess around with, Justin groaned. Nancy was all in. Alvin looks dead serious, she said, and I'm curious about what's happening here. I couldn't take my friends to our fake home because I didn't know how to operate the facial recognition system. That being the case, I wouldn't be able to open the secret door. That's why I decided to take them to the mansion in broad daylight. It would be my first time entering my own house from the front door. But first, I had to convince the security detail posted outside. There was a gigantic iron door at the entrance and a security booth for the guards. Nancy and Justin stared in disbelief, first at the majestic door, then at the towering walls. One of the guards came out of the booth. Kids, this is private property. Please leave, he said. I told the guard, you don't know me, but I live here. I want to show our house to my friends, I said. I'm not in the mood for jokes, kid. 
Move along, please, he groaned. My room is on the third floor, I said, trying to convince him. There's a MacBook on my bed right now. I binge-watched Netflix until late last night. I can list off every show to prove it to you. Take us up there. Son, you're a fool if you think you can play me like that. I'll have to make a citizen's arrest for trespassing if you don't leave now, he responded. Justin turned to me. Alvin, I don't know if this is your idea of a prank, but I'm not getting in trouble because of some weird lie. This guy seems pretty serious. Let's get out of here before he puts us in a chokehold or something, he said. I decided to play my last card. I'm going to tell my father about this. If you don't want to lose your job, let us in. This is my house, I screamed. At the last second, the iron gate started opening. A luxury car with dark windows was leaving the property. It stopped where we stood. The black backseat window came down. The person inside looked out and asked, What seems to be the problem here? The security guard said, Sir, this kid says he lives here. The man looked at me condescendingly. You certainly do not live here. This is my private property, and I have two daughters, no son, he said. Let's go, he commanded the driver, rolling up his window. I just stood there, shocked. He's lying. This is our house, I murmured. Justin and Nancy looked at each other nervously. Nancy said, And to think I believed you, even for a second. Justin nodded. Called it. They turned around and started walking back. I was sure that everyone at school would find out about what happened. This mansion was my home. Who was that man? Knowing it was useless to insist, I went back to my family's run-down fake house. When I walked into the house, I saw my parents waiting impatiently for me. They both looked upset. Obviously, they knew what had happened. My mom said, Alvin, we watched you and your friends on the security camera. What you did was incredibly reckless. I had tears pouring down my face. You're right, mom. I'm so sorry. But who was that man? Don't we own the mansion? I asked. My dad said, Of course we do. That man is a professional actor. Staff at the mansion think he owns the house. It's another precaution we had to take so that no one would suspect what's going on. Dad, why do we have to take so many precautions? Why are we hiding our real selves from the world? I really want to know, I pleaded. My dad looked at my mom, who nodded at him before turning to me. We hid some things from you to protect you. We knew we'd have to tell you one day, but we were worried about your mental health, Dad said, pausing. He looked back at my mom again. She nodded for him to go on. Then she started crying softly. My dad took a deep breath and began to explain. We used to be the family you always wanted us to be. You weren't born yet. We had a daughter named Betty. Everyone knew how rich we were, which made our lives incredibly difficult. We used to go everywhere with an army of guards. We all had to wear bulletproof vests. Then something awful happened. Someone managed to kidnap your sister. They demanded we give them a hundred million dollars as ransom. We said yes, of course, but they never released her, even though we gave them the money. The police were sure it was because Betty had seen their faces. This was a massive trauma for us. After that, your mom and I made a decision. We moved to the inner city and set up this life to hide our wealth. We lost our daughter. We couldn't protect her. We don't want to lose our son too. <laughs> Alvin, all this is for you. This is the only way to live a quiet life away from danger. Now I knew everything. I hugged my dad. My mom got up and joined us. We all cried for Betty for a while. I'm really sorry about today. I didn't know you were trying to protect me. I will be careful from now on, I said. From that day on, I made mom and dad a promise to live humbly during the day 
and never tell anyone again. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 